Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cardinals GM Steve Kime. Kime time. With Burns and Gambo. Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Welcome back. It is a Friday edition of the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And as we do every Friday, we chat with the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, Steve Kime. He stops by for his weekly visit here on the Burns and Gambo show. Steve, how are you on this Friday afternoon? I'm doing good, man. Well, you had to feel great about that win against the Rams. You guys have struggled against them for for so many years. To to go there, to beat them the way you did, you got to feel like you salvaged your season in some way with that victory. Yeah, I think so. And, and again, like as you said, a much needed win. But uh, under those circumstances, with a backup quarterback and a patchwork offensive line, I, I think everybody stepped up. And as we said a million different times, next man up mentality. They certainly took that and ran with it. And uh, really, really proud of those guys. Cole McCoy hasn't been in a starter for eleven years, but man, he is the the quintessential backup quarterback, isn't he? I mean, you've had Hunley and Stravler, and you've tried a bunch of different guys at that position. Why did you settle on? Colt McCoy a few years ago. You know, I think it's, um, again, a number of things. Well, number one is his eyes and ability to help um, Kyler when he's not playing. Uh, his infectious personality in the locker room is second to none. Uh, if, if you didn't spend any time with Colt McCoy, you can realize what a special human being he is. And that's why last season when we talked about free agency, and I know a number of people wondered why we didn't um, you know, venture out and sign a number of free agents from other teams, we focused on guys that we knew. And Colt McCoy was at the top of our list. From your perspective, how different did the offense function with him in charge? How much more functional was the offense with him in charge? What difference did Colt bring when he was running the offense last week? Well, you know, I think it's, I don't want to say um, that it was a whole lot different from the offense in other ways. I mean, obviously, both quarterbacks bring a, a degree of talent into the position. I just felt like last week, you know, I thought as a whole, as a unit, we played in rhythm. The timing was excellent. Uh, he was on script with his receivers. We did not get ourselves into third, second longs, which to me, field position and, and down and distance is a huge issue in this league. And, and I thought we played smart, smart football. So, again, kudos to those guys, especially the guys up front who get again we're put in a tough position i know with the extra day built in because of monday night football down in mexico city you've got an extra day to decide is there anything in terms of the latest that you can give us when it comes to kyler or colt and what your plan is going to be on monday against the niners i don't you know I, I'm, I'm not sure you know kyler has practiced and he's i know he's feeling better but at the same time you know we're not sure if he can open up and run full speed yet so it could be close to a game time decision um but again you know just the fact that he's out there uh, practicing and doing some different things obviously is is a good sign. Look, when you guys are struggling, there, there, there's a huge debate among you know on sports radio fan base everywhere. Is it is it Cliff in the offense? Is it Kyler and him regressing? Did that game that Colt McCoy play getting rid of the ball quickly, two point five seconds every throw down the field, the accuracy, the intermediate passing between ten and twenty yards, how good he was? Did that does that just show you that Kyler has regressed and that he's not running the offense the way he should be? You know, I don't think so. I think, again, I think it goes back to different opportunities, and uh, I think Coach has done a good job, and I think there were opportunities early in the season. You know, I think no Kyler missed a portion of uh, preseason training camp, which was difficult for him. But, um, you know, again, I think last week Colt did as, as good as a job as he could. I mean, think about how long it's been since he's played in a real football game, and for him to operate at such a high level says a lot about his football acumen. All right, big injury, though. Zach Ertz goes down. It's going to have a huge impact on 
on the team. Uh, he's going to be out for the season. You did draft with your first draft pick. You did draft a tight end in Trey McBride. Is he ready to step up? How much will he be involved in this game plan against the 49ers Monday night? Yeah, 100%. To see, keep seeing him continue to get better and better and growing as a player. I know there, again, you know, you guys have to work in a business where you question certain things. And uh, I'm not to say, not to say that you both have questioned this, but, you know, there's people that probably scratched their head and said, why would you take a tight end at that spot? Number one, he was the best player on our board. Number two, your needs in April are never the same as they are in November, which right now is a different need. So, um, you know, I'm not to say that it, I'm the smartest guy in the room where we made the right decision every time, but you know the, the, these are the times that you look back and you say, take the best player available that can help you win football games. Steve Keim, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports. You mentioned the patchwork offensive line. You're always going to see it through the eyes of a former offensive lineman, which yours are. How did you feel like they played given all the different bodies and even in-game rotating different bodies throughout the line, Steve? Yeah, I thought I thought they played very, very good for, the again, the position they're put in. I mean, when you have to block uh, some of those guys that they had to block, you know, 54, 99, you can get on the list of the talented players that they had that were so healthy. And you have a guy like Lucita Smith, who's a rookie from Virginia Tech, Kelvin Beachin, who's a who's a pro, pros pro. And those guys just did a phenomenal job, you know, in terms of um, being able to run the ball effectively. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I think we were in like third and three, third and four, which, again, are manageable situations because you're able to run the ball effectively and then you'll be able to use a play-action game. When you look at the contributions you got from Majai Sanders in that game, another one of your draft picks, you drafted two guys, to help with the pass rush. He's already got more sacks than Chandler Jones. I'll just throw that in there. But, you know, usually we, we've we've usually had to wait a year or so to see the benefits of uh, Zayvon Collins or Isaiah Simmons. We're getting to see him with Vajai right now. He had a fantastic game. You drafted him out of Cincinnati. How good of a pass rusher do you think he could become? No, I think he could be really good. And again, you know, you saw him on tape in, in college. And I think the one game that stuck out, stuck out to me was he played against Alabama. And he was disruptive as could be against the first round offensive tackle. Um, really, really long and athletic. When you see his body type and some of his movement skills, uh, I'll take you way back and show you how old I am. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Simeon Rice that way when he came out of college. And uh, he's just a long, bendy athlete that got tremendous quickness and get off. And again, him getting more and more opportunities, you're starting to see what kind of player he can be. Same with Cam Thomas, number 97 from San Diego State, who's another rookie that I feel like we, we did a nice job identifying in the draft and can be a very, very good pass rusher here in the future. So you can hit on some of these guys, and then you got two guys inside that are six foot five and can run like Isaiah and and uh, and Zaven, and those guys continue to play at a high level. So defensively, as I said to you guys the last couple of weeks, you know, other than when we've gotten tired, I've been very, very happy with the way they played. What sort of tone did Buddha set by choosing to play in that game, or him being available for that game? Maybe that's the right way to phrase that question. Well, man, I, I'm I'm telling you, I. Um, he ceases to amaze me every week. I mean, I've, I've never been around a guy like him, and I've been around some good ones. But uh, his heart, his desire, his passion is second to none. It is amazing to watch. Steve, there was a surprise move by the organization this week with the release of Eno Benjamin. Can you share with us, share with our audience, some of the reasons that went into the release of Eno, Eno this past week? Yeah, well, Cliff, Cliff, I think, addressed that. And, you know, it was a decision made by the organization. And, you know, we'll wish him well in Houston. 
there are reports out there that he was unhappy with playing time and got into it with one of the coaches after the game. Can you confirm that? Wish him the best in Houston. All right. How about your running back situation going forward? He was your number two running back. Um, your your depth is challenged a little bit at that position. James Conner just came back. He was very good. You've got a couple of guys on the practice squad that you'd sign this year. Where do you see the running back situation going into this game against San Fran? Well, I think predominantly James Conner, and I think Keontae Ingram, you know, who I think, again, another rookie out of USC, has done some good things. Physical runner, nifty feet. For a big guy, can really like cut laterally. And, uh, you know, getting excited to see more of him because I think he's got an opportunity to be a good back for us. Hollywood Brown, um, he's close. How close is he? Do you expect him to play on Monday against San Fran? Uh, not 100% sure, but he has looked very, very good this week in practice. Uh, again, you know, sometimes with the timing and getting back involved in the game plan can be dicey for guys like him. But just physically out of practice, he's looked really good, and hopefully uh, he'll have an opportunity to play this week. Because once, once, once you get all those weapons on the field, to me, it's going to be exciting to see how we distribute the football, you know, whether it's Hop or getting Robbie involved more in the mix and back to AJ and, and again, obviously, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, is that, and I was just going to follow up with that. Is that sort of what makes it hurt a little bit with Zach? Because I'm sure everybody over there was probably dreaming of getting everybody back, and, and that's obviously not going to happen now with Zach. It, does it yeah. Does it kind of leave you wishing, wondering what it would have all looked like if everybody would have been available at the same time? Yeah, you know, it does. And, and I, Zach's one of those guys that there's you know a handful of them on your team that when not only when they get hurt, you, you lose the player and you're, you're really disappointed, but I, I can't tell you how much I admire Zach Hurts as a human being. I mean, him off the field, his work ethic, uh, his smarts, his intelligence, the way he communicates with his teammates, he, he's just a good, good man. And uh, obviously, again, feel very sorry for him and the fact that he's done for the season. I don't think we can uh, do this interview without talking about Lasita Smith especially after the hard knocks. They really built up how nervous he was and the opportunity, and you're going up against Aaron Donald. And Colt McCoy had a lot to do getting rid of the ball quickly, but Lasita Smith held up very, very well. Uh, another draft pick. Tell me about him. He's, uh, I mean, coming out of Virginia Tech, you know, I thought he could be a, uh, ultimately a very good center or guard combination guy. Very athletic. I thought he was a little raw with his technique coming out, but he did a very, very good job, you know, for the most part. Obviously, Aaron Donald's going to get his. Uh, I think with sometimes with the, the, the youth these days, it's funny because these guys almost, it's like they, they don't know. They, they don't know who the other players are. Like, I don't know that he knew how good Aaron Donald was. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes today, and like I was at my son's game at Hamilton High School, school the other night and they were playing Chandler and I asked a couple of the players if you know if they remember Brian Erlacher because his son plays for Chandler High. They didn't know who Brian Erlacher was. <laughs> That's crazy. That's just crazy. Or some of these linebackers in yeah. the mind they don't remember who Ray Lewis is. And I'm thinking to myself, what world have we gotten into where people don't remember Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher? I mean, Jim Zonka's got no chance. We're old, Steve. That's all it is. We're just getting old, man. That's what it is. Hey, listen, best of, best of luck against San Francisco in Mexico City um, with the passport and the travel and the international. It's going to be a big spotlight game. Best of luck in that game. We'll talk to you next Friday, okay? Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you. That was Steve Kime joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.